Chapter Twenty Three of the Outdoor Chums in the Big Woods. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Lynn Thompson. The Outdoor Chums in the Big Woods by Captain Quincy Allen. Chapter Twenty Three. When morning came, neither of the boys would be likely to forget that night of the storm when they passed so many wretched hours in their rude shelter it was pretty cold being without a blanket and unable to move around so as to keep their blood in circulation though though after all they realized that it hardly deserved the name of a blizzard oh thank goodness it's really getting daylight bluff jerry called out at last arousing the other from a nap and the snow seems to have stopped pretty much likewise that awful wind remarked his companion as he too took an observation let's get outside and stretch a bit proposed jerry i feel as though i were seventy years old and every bone and muscle in my body creaks or pains like everything a good idea jerry and i'm with you bluff conceded after we've jumped around a while we'll get limbered up here you go now they proceeded to carry on as if they had just escaped from an asylum waltzing this way and that clasped in each other's arms or attempting some sort of darky hoedown anything to get their muscles in shape there that makes me feel young again declared jerry panting as he threw himself down beside the fire the next burning question of the day is what will you have for breakfast demanded bluff and with that he commenced to rattle off a great variety of dishes beginning with ham and eggs coffee wheat cakes with maple syrup and so on down the list jerry presently threw up his hands and as the other continued to tantalize him by keeping up a running fire of breakfast hints he even went so far as to thrust his fingertips in his ears that's adding insult to injury bluff he told his chum when he found a chance to speak because i don't believe we could scare up a scrap of grub this morning no matter how hard we searched our pockets we cleaned it all out at supper time you remember well there's one last resort if we have to come to it remarked bluff with an assumed dejected air as he rubbed his chin between his thumb and forefinger something about his manner caused jerry to look at him in horror now i can guess what you're hinting at and i tell you right straight from the shoulder i never could be hired to eat wolf not if i was actually starving oh well i can't say i'm really hankering after the dish myself bluff admitted but you never can tell what you may have to come to some people don't like to eat crow but it's been found that they're not so very bad after all it might turn out the same way with wolf are you going to help me get that jacket off the rascal demanded jerry sure i will he was told you'd make a sorry mess of the job i reckon and if the thing's worth saving at all it ought to be taken the right way i don't say i could do it as well as frank who's had a heap more experience but you'll get the pelts jerry never fear then the sooner we finish the job the better said the other boy because it strikes me we had better be leaving here and heading for home as soon as we can make it i only hope we don't get lost and that we strike camp in time for the middle of the day feed both were speedily engaged in the task of taking off the skin of the slain wolf bluff did the main part of the work but the other was handy at times in various ways i don't remember hearing another wolf the whole night through did you bluff jerry presently asked when the skin had been rolled up 
in as compact a bundle as possible can't say that i did was the reply and now do we make a start for home demanded jerry anxiously i hope you've got your bearings all correct leave that for me the other boy replied but before we quit this region for good i'd like to take a turn over yonder and he pointed in a quarter which his chum knew took in the region where they had had the meeting with bill nackerson and his two friends after bringing down the big moose yes we ought to see what became of our moose hadn't we jerry admitted that's right for i'd like to get a hold of those splendid horns but there's another thing i want to find out yes i can give a pretty good guess what it is the other told him i've been worried some myself about it lots of times in the night when i was lying listening to the wind moan and howl i found myself wondering how those three men were making out if as we had an idea they couldn't scare up a match among them come along let's hike out that way said bluff frowning as though he did not feel any too happy at the thought after all it isn't going to be so very much out of our way they took one last look at the rude shelter that had served them so well in warding off considerable of the storm's violence often in memory they would again see that bow barricade and even take note of the hole which the bold wolf had torn in it bluff walked along with a confident tread jerry was pleased to note this for it assured him his chum really knew where he was heading and the chances of their becoming lost in the big woods were not serious i tell you i'm glad i've got as fine a woodsman along as you are he remarked after a little while because if i had been alone while i might be able to locate north by means of the compass i declare i could not tell whether home lay to the north east west or south so what good would a compass be to such a greenhorn i'd like to know bluff liked to hear such talk any boy would when he set up to be an authority on woodcraft we're going to hit the place right soon now he assured his companion soberly and with a manner that showed that bluff did not think he was doing anything so very wonderful in leading the way back to the scene of the previous afternoon's double adventure three minutes later he spoke again there you can see the leaning pine right now that was only twenty feet or so away from where we dropped our moose i don't see anything that looks like a camp hinted jerry no seems as though they must have cleared out he was told but they couldn't take the moose along with them of course what became of it then we'll find that out soon enough just follow me will you looks as though there has been a banquet around here seems to me hi see the bones would you and the snow's all trampled down with patches of red showing through it here and there bluff the wolves struck this place after we chased them away or else this may be another lot of them they cleaned up our moose hide and all but tell me isn't that the skull and the horns over there just what it is bluff exclaimed as he started on a run for the spot to bend anxiously over the object that was half concealed in a drift and then joyfully burst out jerry they haven't been hurt a single bit why we ought to thank those wolves for gnawing all the flesh off it'll be easy enough now to hack the horns out with our hatchet and as we've got so little to tote back home with us maybe we'd better try and get our prize there i wouldn't like to risk leaving such wonderful horns here jerry replied seriously any sportsman happening on them would be tempted to make out that he had killed the big moose himself what do you really think could have become of those men bluff he presently asked uneasily which question proved how the thought was worrying him 
Oh, like as not, they made up their minds to start back home right away, the other boy asserted, as though he wished to think so himself. But I thought I heard something like a faint shout just then, Bluff. Let's listen a bit. For with that hatchet banging away, it's hard to catch anything. Hardly had Bluff ceased hacking at the moose skull when they caught a wailing cry, plainly a human voice, calling, Help! Oh, help! End of chapter 23